Welcome to What Christians Should Know, hosted by Dr. Elijah Sadoffel. This podcast equips you with clarity and meaningful answers about God, the Bible, and your Christian life. Now, here's Dr. Sadoffel. The God of self is very, very dangerous. He hurts people all the time, and what's so diabolical about him is that he entices people to trust themselves in order to hurt themselves. So who is the God of self? Perhaps you have already heard about him. He is a God who encourages you to do whatever feels right. He does not want you to feel conflicted, guilty, scared, or ashamed. He does want you to feel free and unburdened by restraints. As a result, the final arbiter of truth for the God of self is the self. The God of self may actually pretend to be very religious, but that's all a cover-up to give an air of legitimacy. It's a cover-up that hides the truth that the one in the driver's seat is not the God of the Bible. It's the self. The God of self is me whenever I am the ultimate authority in life. Whenever my own feelings, thoughts, and desires are what I trust the most. The God of self wants people to think that they are getting ahead by doing things according to personal preference. That's the trap that sucks people in. Yet, once this God holds the deed to a person's heart, he is cruel, tyrannical, and malicious. He wants you to believe that you are gaining now just to set you up for a catastrophic fall later on. He wants you to feel free now just so that he can put you in chains. The God of self is an idol, which means he takes God's proper place of exclusive worship. Idolatry is always dangerous, but idolatry of the self is particularly dangerous for three reasons I will provide. But first, let's get some scriptural backing to what I've already said. I will direct your attention to Romans 1. There, the Apostle Paul talks about unbelief and its consequences. In verses 18 to 23, he talks about the ungodly, those who have a knowledge of God written on their conscience, yet despite this knowledge, they suppress the truth. What's the result? Romans 1.24 tells us. The text says, Therefore God gave them over in the lusts of their hearts to impurity. Verse 25 says that they exchanged the truth of God for a lie. And verse 26 says that for that reason, God gave them over to degrading passions. The first point is this. No one wakes up and unexpectedly finds themselves in a toxic relationship with the God of self. The person acts first. They must first begin by suppressing the truth of the real God written on their hearts. They stuff it way, way down, out of sight and out of mind. Romans 1, 18-19 says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness, because that which is known about God is evident within them, for God made it evident to them. God's word to us in the Bible is a form of special revelation. But this is not the only place that God reveals himself to us. He also installs within every human being a conscience. Our conscience acts as our built-in moral compass that tells us, Hey, stop, don't do that. In order for people to override that voice, they have to muffle it. They have to avoid things that may make them feel uncomfortable. They have to avoid things that confirm God's truth or that turn the volume of conscience up. 
They may even avoid godly friends and family members who want to see God's best for them and speak the truth in love. The God of self is dangerous because in order to serve him, a person must suppress the truth. Suppressing the truth is synonymous with living a lie which never bears good results. The way to defend oneself against truth suppression is to always look to God's truth for a source of guidance. This means reading what's plain and black and white in the scriptures in order to have an objective assessment of reality. Relying on how I feel is never a proper way to live because I am not God. Also, my feelings and moods change. God's words do not change. They are the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. At the top, I said the God of self always wants you to do what feels right. Of course he does this because what feels right may in fact be objectively wrong. The second point is this. Serving the God of self does not just mean actively suppressing the truth. It also means that God gives the person up to their own desires. By his common grace, God is active every second of every day, restraining evil in the world. So even for people who reject him, God actively holds the evil in their hearts back so they are not as bad as they could be. God also actively restrains evil by conscience, by our relationships, by laws, and by secular authorities. But what does Romans 1.24 and 26 say? That for those who suppress the truth in unrighteousness, the Lord gives them over in the lusts of their hearts and gives them over to degrading passions. When God gives someone over, he is not being unfair. Rather, he is acting like a just judge. He basically says, okay, since you don't want divine truth, I will give you exactly what you want. What the God of self wants is whatever I want. With God pulling back, there is no longer a restraint on passions. So, the self is motivated to do with intensified passions that are consuming and overwhelming. Thus, without divine restraint, the person is now a slave to sin, and without repentance, the sin destroys them. This is the end result of serving the God of self self-destruction. A person with inflamed, dishonorable passions has a heart on fire for sin. It's no longer a head problem, it's a heart problem. Their mind is not on fire, the heart is. So even if the person knows what they are doing is harmful, that actually does not matter. It's not a matter of knowing, it's a matter of desiring. The sad thing is, those desires all go unfulfilled. It does not matter what the desire is for. Nothing will fill the eternal hole in the human heart other than an eternal God. Inflamed passions for something dishonorable will only leave the person feeling unfulfilled and ultimately sad, empty, depressed, and filled with shame and regret. This helps to explain why facts do not change people. Social reform programs do not change people. Christian moralism does not change people. Trying to tweak what people do will not change people. Sin is a heart problem, and the only one who can change a person's heart is God himself by his grace. 
If God handing someone over inflames their warped passion for darkness, then only by God regenerating someone will they be transformed and desire the light. The third point is this. Serving the God of self results in ingratitude. In Romans 1.21, it talks about a consequence of suppressing the truth. That text says, For even though they knew God, they did not honor Him as God or give thanks, but they became futile in their speculations, and their foolish heart was darkened. When a person bows before the God of self, then the self is the best there is. Anything that competes with the self now becomes a threat, including the Lord. The result is hostility, anger, and ingratitude toward God. At its core, then, the root of ingratitude is pride. Ingratitude is dangerous simply because it is an idea of the mind that rationalizes a warped feeling in the heart. Ingratitude leads to useless thinking and irrational appetites. The application to be made here is very quick. The person with an attitude of ingratitude lives life without the Lord. While they are here on earth, they still have time to respond to Christ in faith. They still have time to realize the reason there is a world, the reason there is life, the reason anyone has being at all is because of God's grace. Those are reasons for gratitude. Yet, if they take their ingratitude to the grave, they will get exactly what they want and spend eternity without God, without glorifying Him. At the top I said, the God of self is me whenever I am the ultimate authority in life, whenever my own feelings, thoughts, and desires are what truly matters most. Beloved, we do not have faith in the self, we have faith in Christ. Our feelings are not sovereign, God is. Our thoughts are not God. God is. Let us therefore be mindful of the God of self and seek to glorify God in thought, word, action, and deed, so the pesky little God of self will have no foothold in our lives. Thank you for listening. For more valuable resources, including a bookstore and online Bible study, visit wcsk.org.